right. Who here is looking forward to this weekend's weather? Does anybody know what's going to happen? It's about to get cold. Sweater weather, guys. Yeah. So, oh, man. There's one thing I love the most in the world, and that is when you can wear shorts and a sweater and not sweat. I think, I think that is the world's best weather, but you're wrong, and I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. But today we're jumping into an amazing series that we've been in for a while. I love your hand. You can put it down. I'll hold it later. Thank you, though. We are back into our series, Real Friends. And goodness gracious, I'm going to have fun with this. So first off, before we even think of friends, let's think about who are the most classic friends you could think of. For me, I think Buzz and Woody, obviously. Todd and Copper. Does anybody know who they are? Oh, y'all are too young. Do you know? Who is it from? You got this. Fox and the Hound, yes. Beautiful movie. Um, Joey and Chandler, love those guys. Obviously, Dwight and Michael. Um, I'm not going to put Jim there. That's not till the end. Um, what did you say? I don't know that. Yeah. Tom, no, Tom and Jerry aren't great friends. <laughs> they, they try to kill each other. <laughs> but something that I love about friendship, listen up, listen up. Something I love about friendship is the fact that we could usually put a name to who our friends are. And before we even jump into any of this, I want you guys to know what my inner circle is because I can't be saying this stuff without showing y'all what I've gone through as my life. So Mark touched base on our inner circle last week on how you're supposed to protect it, how you're supposed to put people in it who are truly going to lead you towards Christ. That's really the main goal of your inner circle, someone who's going to push you to the righteous, not the unrighteous, which is amazing. So I've got three people in my inner circle. Mark said five. I narrowed it down to three because these three people have really affected my life and still do it today. First, first person is Isaac Ruddle, my little brother. I know, great picture. Hope you guys enjoy that. But he is my little brother. He's only eight months younger than me. He is one of the best people I have ever experienced having in my life. One thing about him that I love is he calls me out when I'm being stupid. That's something that a lot of people need to hear, a lot of people need to have as a friend, someone who will call you out when you're doing something wrong, and someone who will love you anyways and point you towards God in that point. So that's my brother Isaac. Up next, we have my best friend Luke. This guy, he and I have grown up together our entire lives. My friends, everybody called us Simone and Pumbaa, which it was fantastic until I realized I was the pig in the situation, and it made me feel a little bit weird, but... They called us Simone and Pumbaa. We stuck together year in, year out. I actually call him every night, fun fact. I have not stopped calling him, and he lives in Kentucky. I call him every night. We check in, and we say, hey, how you doing today? Did you see God work today? How did God work? What was your Bible study like today? He really pushes me towards the righteousness of God, and he really loves me well enough to be able to say, hey, you're probably lacking in this area. Let's fix that. And that's a great friend to have in my inner circle. Up next, we have my final friend, Zeke. This guy I started my internship with in Cypress, Texas. I worked at the Cypress campus before I came here, which thanks for letting me be here, guys. I'm really thankful for that. But my friend Zeke, he and I started out in ministry together. And goodness gracious, we were opposites. I'm a major extrovert. He is a major introvert. And he's not the Zeke who was on the stage, by the way. Just, yeah, great. Don't awe. He's a good guy. Um, but he and I, we have been reaching out to each other each week. We meet every Tuesday night. 
which gets really weird because I'm trying to wake up early on Wednesdays, but I can't with him. But he and I are always pouring into each other, always telling each other what we're reading. He told me this morning he's reading Judges, which if you haven't read Judges, good luck. Um, it's a lot of fun to read. But though, that's my inner circle right there. That's just my three. And I love having that type of an inner circle because all of us can meet together and be honest and open and love one another. When you can't be honest with the person, with your friend, you're probably not having them in your inner circle. And I'm super excited for next week with Mark, but we're going to jump into some qualities of a friend. So everybody, get your mindset real quick. Here we go. We're about to jump into these awesome qualities of a friend that you're looking to have. All right? We got the 12 must-haves. And these are the 12 must-haves that I got on a survey that I asked a lot of friends what they think would be there. And it goes one, two, one, two, like that. Okay? So trust, trustworthy was number one out of my poll. Trustworthy was number one, which is crazy to me that it beat loving. But it goes trustworthy, loving, um, honest, encouraging, loyal, real. Real means someone who's actually there and not faking it. Real means you're someone and you're not pretending to be somebody else. I'll tell you, I used to pretend to be Wayne Rooney. If you don't know who that guy is, he's an amazing soccer player. But I was never him. I'm still never going to be him. Sorry about that. But so that's what it means to be real. Someone who's actually there and actually being real with the other person. Empathetic, kind, fun, a proper influence. Oh, I love that credential in having a friend. That they're a proper influence. A friend isn't somebody, I hate to break to you, who will ask you to drink alcohol or do drugs or do other things like that. They're not leading you towards Christ. Um, shared or similar values. Do they believe in God? That's the hard question to ask. Do they truly believe in God? If so, great inner circle material. And then respectful is the last one. Respectful. You see, all 12 of these qualities are amazing qualities to find in a friend, right? Everybody give me a thumbs up with that. You guys good with those qualities? Now, I'm willing to bet right now that when I'm looking at all these qualities, whenever I'm reading them all out, y'all might have been grading your friends, right? Yes, no, maybe so? Yeah? All right, I, I can tell you guys, I definitely graded Luke. He and I were in a little bit of a fight, and I was like, he's not really trustworthy right now. Um, but I graded my friends when I read this first time. But what we're going to be doing tonight is instead of grading our friends on their friendship material, we're actually going to be diving into where are we on the scale? Where are we struggling in the scale? Where do we need to grow in this scale? And it's going to be amazing to dive into the examples that we get from this. So first things first, I need you all to know, tonight, do not talk to a friend. This is between you and you. Your relationships, they're great. I love that you have friends. But what matters, Kyle, is you got to look into yourself in this. Instead of looking at your friends, look at yourself today. Because this is really important to hear. Because you can never hit the nail on the head if the nail's in the wrong place. You're never going to get it right if you're not even in the right place to get it. You're not going to get the best friend if you're not willing to be that good friend. It doesn't work like that. Relationships aren't like that. So we're going to be diving into this today. Um, here we go. Just got to get that in there. So the best example of a good friend is who? Everybody give me the church answer. Jesus. Good answer, guys. It's true. Jesus is the best friend, best example you can look at. And we're actually going to be diving into why. And yes, it's a lot, it's really easy to just say, yes, we need to follow what Jesus does. 
But we have to actually do it. So we're going to jump into the book of John. If you have your Bibles, please jump into it. If not, it's going to be on the screens. And we're going to be jumping throughout it. First things first, we're in John 13 today. John 13 is a fantastic chapter. And to give you guys some background, this is right before Jesus is about to be nailed on the cross. A day or two prior to him sacrificing his life. And he knows what's going on in the disciples' heads. He knows about Judas. He knows about Peter. He knows about all these different things that are about to happen. But he still shows this amazing act of kindness, this amazing act of love to his friends. So we're going to jump into it. Um, John 13, 4. So he got up from supper, laid aside out his clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them and tied them around him. What just happened? Jesus put his stuff aside, put his pride aside, saying, yeah, I am the, I am the son of God. He washes the disciples' feet. Does anybody know why that's such a big deal that he's washing their feet? Go for it, bro. That's true. And their feet are disgusting. Um, here's something you guys get to know. Half of them weren't wearing shoes the entire time. They were probably stepping in poop, pee, blood, something awful. And Jesus decided to wash their feet. Would you wash your friend's feet right now? All right. Jesus, the son of God, washed his disciples' feet, his friend's feet. Now let's fast forward a little bit into this. So if you look into 10 verses ahead, this is what Jesus says. After he sets this amazing example for us, this is what he says. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. That's huge. That's amazing to hear. And it's hard to hear sometimes. It's coming off me. It's hard to hear sometimes because sometimes we're not even willing to do that for our friends. Sometimes we're not willing to do that. And remember that Jesus knew that he's washing Judas's feet right there and then, doing that stuff. And he knew that Judas literally was about to go sell him to be sacrificed. Literally about to go take a little bit of silver for the son of God. He was scraping off his disciples' feet who were able to deny Jesus. Who were about to deny him, the son of God, saying, I don't know who that guy is. He kept on washing their feet. He sacrificed a lot. Does anybody know Matthew 20, 28? It's okay. You don't need to know it. This is something I challenge you guys to know, though. Matthew 20, 28 is this. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, give his life as a ransom for many. That verse is so huge to hear because he could have very well walked down here and said, all right, here I am. Praise me. Give me what I need. Because he is the Son of God. We should be praising him. Instead, he went, got on his knees and washed the feet. He went, sacrificed, gave his life for us as a friend because he loved us so much. Now, I'm going to be upfront and personal with you guys real quick. And then we're going to jump into this love that I'm talking about. I have a friend named Zane. All right. He is one of my greatest friends. I can't say he's a best friend, but he's one of my greatest friends. And this is Zane, by the way, in case you guys need a face. He and I have played soccer together since I was six years old. Six years old. And I'm nine. Nope, I'm 20. Um, <laughs> my bad. Um, he and I have been playing together literally for 14 years. Think about that. That's actually older than some of you guys, which is awesome. 
but also cool. So he and I played together our entire lives, but the one thing about Zane that is so heartbreaking to me, because we're about to jump into this love that I'm about to talk to you guys about, I loved Zane so much that I wanted to share Jesus with him every time I talked to him. Every time I talked to him, and I did just so. But I'm going to break the news to you guys. He is still not a Christian today. Even though I've gone through every method I know, he's not a Christian today. He's not in my inner circle because he's not a Christian. And we're about to jump into this love that Jesus just showed for us in this to show you guys what we're supposed to be doing with our friends who don't believe and who do believe. So let's jump back into these verses and jump back into John 12, I'm 13. So if I, the Lord teacher, has washed your feet, you also ought to wash your, one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also have to do. Now if you jump forward into John 15, this is actually the last time that Jesus is talking to the disciples before he goes to the garden. Does anybody know what happens in the garden? He gets taken away. So this is, this is some of the last words he's about to say to them. And he says this. Oh, I lost it. Wrong page. My bad, guys. Can you pull up on the screen for me? My bad. All right. This is my command to you. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has a greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus, in this point of view right here, is talking about loving your neighbors, loving your friends, giving your life for your friends, right? Now, if you read in the Bible, if you look in the Bible, you're going to find out that there are four different types of love in the Bible. Does anybody know that? Does anybody know what the four types of love are? Oh, we're going to dive into that. I love it. All right, so we have four, but we're going to focus on two, the philia and the agape love. There we go, agape love. Jesus gives us an example of both of those loves right here, right now, because he's saying, I love you. The agape love is an unconditional love that comes from God who literally loves you so much that he doesn't expect anything in return from you. He gave you a gift and didn't want anything back. He loved you, he sacrificed his life, and he didn't expect you to pay a dime. I wouldn't sacrifice my life for a lot of people. Even if money was involved, I wouldn't want to do that. But Jesus died on the cross, and he said, I love you with an agape type of love. And he continues on, and he shares in here that we need to love each other as friends. The filia love, that's the best kind of love as a friend. So that's the friendship kind of love that Jesus shows towards us, and we're supposed to show towards others. I know that sounds weird, but it's amazing to hear when you dive into what this really means, what this is really saying. Jesus calls us to love one another like God loves us and how we are supposed to love Jesus at the same time. Jesus loved his disciples like friends, but also like brothers and sisters. And it is amazing that he did so. So we're going to jump into this last part right here. And remember the question of what kind of friend are you supposed to be? What kind of friend are we supposed to be? We just went through all those 12 qualities, which were fantastic qualities to have. There's really one quality that we really need to have as a friend, that we really need to search for in a friend, because that kind of quality will summarize everything else. will summarize everything else. And that is love itself. That's the one quality you should look for. That's the one quality you should have for a friend. And that's the best part. We are called to love. And by loving, you are respecting. By loving, you are sharing the hard stuff. You are giving the good stuff. 
you are truly sharing the gift of Christ. I loved my friend Zane, who is a Muslim. I loved him so much, I studied the Quran with him for a year. I sat down with him in his synagogue and said, dude, this isn't right. This is wrong. Let's talk about what's right. And I've done all those things with that love that Jesus calls us to have, that friendship, that agape love, and it still went on that way. It still went on that way to where I couldn't put him into my inner circle. And this week, I'm next week, Mark is about to attack us with the best thing I've ever heard about, all right, what about this inner circle? What do we need to do to get people out? What do we need to do to keep people in? I'm super excited for that. I'm super excited. But we need to remember that we can't have that great friend without being willing to be that great friend. You need to be willing to look for somebody that acts like you. You need to be willing to actually reflect on yourself before you reflect on others. You can't say you're someone's best friend if you're not willing to do what you want them to do for you. And that's really hard to hear sometimes. Playing soccer growing up, every day my coach would tell us, we are in a brotherhood. We are in a brotherhood, and if you mess up, your buddies have your back. Your teammates have your back. Your brothers have your back. That's the same way we we're supposed to love one another. And in the sense of, if you mess up, oh my goodness, you got Luke, you got Zane, you got Zeke, you got Isaac. They're right there. They're ready to help you. Best part is, is in that inner circle, you may not recognize it, but Jesus is part of the whole thing. He's the center of your inner circle, which is amazing. It is amazing to build a relationship out of Christ. So that's my challenge to you guys this week. I have a challenge for tonight, actually. Instead of going home, scrolling through TikTok, scrolling through Instagram, thinking about who's the main character, thinking about all those things, because I know that's a trend right now. I want you to actually sit down and reflect on what am I doing as a friend? Reflect on how am I being a good son and daughter? How am I being a good brother and sister? How am I being a better friend or a better teammate? It's hard to reflect on yourself, but sometimes so easy to think about others and how they're messing up. But my challenge is that you sit down and you actually ask yourself, where am I messing up? Where am I messing up? I'll tell you guys this. I know I'm messing up in my friendship with my brother. I have forgotten to call him for two weeks straight. That is hard to do for us because he and I are so close together. And when I forget to call, he thinks I don't love him enough. And I'm messing up in that trustworthy area, that place where he can rely on me, that he knows I can love him. But we need to be able to reflect on ourselves on how can we love others if we're not doing it the right way. So my challenge tonight is before anything else, before Mark comes back up here, that you go home and you actually think about how am I being that friend? How am I supposed to be that friend? Because you cannot, you cannot expect others to do something if you're not willing to do it yourself. All right, let's pray real quick. Lord, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the chance for us to meet together today. Um, God, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to these teenagers. God, it's often a hard time to grow up in a world that you never know what's true. The word truth has been changed so many times, but God, I want to thank you for giving us the real truth, your word. God, I pray that 
these students, they hear what was said tonight and they actually take it into action. They don't forget about what you have to say in the sense of friendship, about the friendship that we have with Christ if we have that relationship with him. God, thank you for loving us so well and thank you for having, having us in your word in your house. In your heavenly name we pray.